Welcome to the Hoops and Huddle podcast. I am Malika and he is Brandon with the rubric. And um, so we're excited to be here. We are talking. Um, we're finally talking about air and sneaker culture with talks with TJ. So we are excited and introduce yourself and let's get going. Thank you guys again so much for having me on. So you guys can certainly find me on all platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube specifically at Talks with TJ, Talking Sneakers, Styling Fits, any way that, you know, really does fit my style individually, but then doing it all in a responsible manner. And with the release of Air, of course, that was one of the most anticipated uh, movies to drop, not only for, I think that was just a fan of the brand itself, but those wanting to dive deeper into the industry side of signing, uh, you know, the most outstanding, the greatest player of all time is what a lot of people would certainly coin Michael Jordan as. And so there was a lot of anticipation behind this. And when you have the last dance in, in 2020, um, I think this follow up was really nice to go more into yes. the history of it. And I think it really did speak to casual. I think it really drew in a lot of casual fans more so even than just those that are deep into his uh, sneaker culture because we were pretty aware of everything so it was also nice to see a play out on the bigger screen with Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, you had Marlon Wayans and uh, for me also Viola Davis so I think they had a star-studded cast that really you know brought to life the story of Air and signing Michael Jordan to Nike. It was amazing. Um, what I loved about the movie was, um, well, taking it back to the 80s soundtrack, the soundtrack was just ridiculous. Um, I've been into my Bruce Springsteen Die Straight um, <laughs> playlist. Like, seriously, that's how, you know, like, you know, I've been, yeah, I've been in my bag. Um, but anyway, when, you know, with air, what I was curious about is how they were going to do it because, you know, they weren't going to show MJ, which I get, you know, like, you know, like in a movie like this to show him, it doesn't feel right, especially with the story being told. Because um, when I think, when I used to think of Nike, you know, as a Jordan fan, I always say he got robbed. I'm like, he got robbed on that deal for Nike because he should have got more than that. He should have had stock in the company. He should have got this. He should have got that. Um, and what I, what I, one of the things I appreciated about Air is you got to think about the times when the deal was done. Well, you have to, well, also though, I think actually people might've missed the $400 million lesson. He didn't get robbed actually. Yeah, so his mom, his, his mom set the very yeah. first, if we want to be honest, NIL precedent of equity. So Viol or, or his mom, so Dolores Jordan would not have her son sign with Nike without them promising him. I believe that the the agreed upon number was five yeah, percent of every single pair that was sold. So he receives equity, trust me. <laughs> so he yeah. receives equity. I always felt like it should be more. Um and white when I, after I say this part, Brandon definitely jump in. Um I just felt as a Jordan fan before watching this film that when you look at what the Jordan brand and what Michael Jordan has done for Nike, um, you know, in total, that I was hoping he owned stock in Nike itself, that he had more on the, you know, there is great that he gets a percentage of his sneaker. And with that part, like there's been some things that came out that said the truth is, David Falk negotiated that. What I think is, you know, his mother made sure he was getting a portion of anything with his name on it. And what David Falk did was actually negotiated the, you know, the the actual numbers. You know what I mean? Like, in, in that part of it. Because it was like, people couldn't wait to come out and say, oh, that didn't happen. David Falk negotiated that. David Falk this and David Falk. I, we're not taking away from what David Falk did. Of course, he negotiated the particulars, but I think his mother wanted to ensure that her son got a piece of anything with his name on it. And and and, cause, and I'm saying it that way because that's probably how she said it. You know, his name is on it. Um, he should get a piece of this. I'm assuming, you know, the way they, the way she phrased it makes sense. Like, 
So when you, as a sneakerhead, going into a, oh, I'm sorry, I was about to just jump right into my question. Anything you wanted to add, Brandon, real quick? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all, it's all good. It's all good. I look at this movie um, was a great sports version. I'm not sure if you ever read Barbarians at the Gate and their competition, Nike's competition with Converse and Adidas. It's also a similar view of what Under Armour is doing today. And Under Armour is the up and coming brand getting, trying to get uh, Steph Curry and other big athletes under their, under their moniker. They're going about it a very similar way. And they're seeing that making entire shoe lines against a player for a player or a big name athlete that can be sustainable is something that fans and many of us buy into. So I love that from that perspective. Um, but my hero in it was definitely Sonny and his vision in a market that didn't really exist that much. I mean, you saw at the very beginning, Nike had less than, just shy of 20% of market no, share. They, they, less they, than, had less, they had less than that. They had, so they had- Was it like 17%? No, they had less. So Converse had 54, Adidas had 29, Nike had 12 for basketball. Oh, it was 12. Okay, I thought it was 17, um, which is still a big number for the amount of athletes that were signed. Yeah. And it showed that it was a green space. To get 12% of market share, you'd probably need, to, in today's market, you probably need more than 10 or 15 people under your brand in order to do that. So he saw that it was a big opportunity and that was a gutsy move. Yeah, I believe, uh, it, was, to, it, was, to, I believe it was 12 or 17, but we definitely, I think we're both, both on the same boat. It was under 20, which meant they yeah. had so much upside. So to try much. And, take. and it's very funny now when you look at what happened down the line, Nike bought Converse. So Converse is now a branch. Yeah. It's a brand under the umbrella yeah. of, right. of Nike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so going, that, was, that was cool. But going into air as, as a sneakerhead, what were your initial... You know, like, were you, ex you know, like, as a sneakerhead, you probably were excited for the movie, but did it meet your expectations? Did were, did you see in the movie what you were hoping to see? Um, what, I just, I'm just curious of what you as, because you're definitely that person I check in terms of drops and sneakers. Uh, what, what, yeah. So for me, um, I, it was probably a little bit of threefold for me. So I'm somebody that appreciates movies like uh, Moneyball. So I'm somebody that likes to find out the intricate details from behind the scenes and it's more strategy than anything else. And I knew some people wouldn't appreciate that. To me, I'll be honest, this wasn't a movie necessarily for sneakerheads specifically because sometimes that has a convoluted perception now if you know somebody that is just only chasing hype because there's a name behind it or there's a collab associated with it that person wasn't going to appreciate this um if they didn't appreciate the strategy and the finesse that it took to be able to even get in front of, of michael or get in front of his mom and try to you know tell them how the the other meetings would go with other brands so for me it was under it was wanting to see the strategy of it so i was excited for that when I saw the cast and the lineup, I knew each of them would deliver in their role, no matter how long they stayed on screen or not. I still knew that they would deliver. Um, and and I love the fact that it told the story of people that in modern day, I think is forgotten. You know, the, the, mm -hmm. you know, the respect for Peter Moore is never there as much as it should be when it comes to the Jordan one, because everyone praises Tinker yeah. Hatfield and deservedly so. He's one of the most prolific designers that we've ever seen of our time. And in him designing, you know, the Jordan three and so many other pairs that, you know, we know that with history kept Jordan with the brand itself. I still think Peter Moore is just not given his flowers enough. And, you know, he recently passed, I believe last year. So I was happy yeah. to see yeah. him receive his shine. Uh, I think being able to see the teamwork that it took and Bob Strasser and then Sonny Vaccaro and having Phil Knight just say, well, you know, after all, like in the very end, he just said, F it, we'll pay the fine. <laughs> we'll just pay it and we'll just deal with everything that comes with that. 
So it was threefold for me. It was being a movie buff, so no matter what, I was going to head to the theater to see it. I love the actors in there. Jason Bateman is one of my favorite actors. I love Viola Davis. Um, seeing Ben and Matt work together, they always do well together. And then Chris Tucker, who isn't going to laugh at him, understanding the strategy behind it. Um, it's nice to see it play out on screen, even if you know what it was. And then I personally love the fact that it gave the lesson of equity and mm -hmm. investing in yourself and understanding we especially as black people need to care more about the ownership of something and having a stake in something not just the upfront cash and i mean that was later disclosed where charles barkley i think recently came you know he was on a podcast and he said hey michael came to me and gave me the best advice ever to take less money up front uh from a, from the brand and instead actually get get stock within them and ha have options that way and, you know, he said that made me millions upon millions more than I ever would have if I had just taken the cash up front for the shoe deal itself. So it was threefold for me. I was super excited. I actually saw it twice in theaters. Like, I see a lot of movies twice in theaters. So I saw it twice. The first time was to really take notes to be able to um, take it in from an intentional standpoint, but then go back and just enjoy it as a fan of the film itself. Brandon, what were your thoughts Scratch. when you were watching it, when you, when you checked it out? I like the subtle tone of the importance of relationships. Today, when you see, uh, we hear time and time again that guys are getting hustled over by their agents, they're getting hustled over by the brands. The brands may not trust in them, the players don't trust in the companies. Uh, and I like the idea that it showed there is value in being a man of your word, really coming forth and being honest uh, on both sides of the fence. Uh, Viola Davis, she did a great job portraying what she required and she wasn't gonna take less, but her ability and her relationship with Sonny to be able to have that hard conversation without it being disrespectful or untrustworthy, I think is a big, big story. I mean, we see it with big names. Look, we can call it Kanye, we can call it Kyrie, we can call it a bunch of different players where they're just having these contentious relationships. Uh, and I believe this is a, a great story about how the relationship actually fueled this more so than just the design. I mean, the design of the sneaker, but based on how it was told, wasn't even a key element to it until Jordan sat in the room and actually heard a story and, and heard how they viewed him or his mother heard how they viewed him. So that's something I think can be shared quite a bit uh and then the equity piece like you said like that that's hands down that's huge uh, <laughs> the equity piece is more. you know like when you when let me i wanted to further explain what i was saying at the beginning I, what i was trying to explain is when you look at how much jordan helped nike become what it is today um it's great that they do have the equity in every shoe or everything with his name on it whether it's apparel whether it's whatever you know, as a Jordan fan, like looking at this and the times and just the precedent is set at the time, um, even though I, I read somewhere that there were equity deals out there, I just thinking, who this was the first one, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and it just set the precedent for the industry. And um, when you look at what Steph, the, the deal Steph Curry has with, you know, Under Armour, I think, you know, Jordan's deal and what he was able to do for Nike helped set the president up for what Curry was able to is able to negotiate and get from Under Armour um, in today's market, like um, which I absolutely love, and I have to get me some Curries to support. But I, you know, I, I got love, a few. <laughs> you have a few. You said. I got, I got, I was so, I have, my, I have a few of my own and then in connecting with um, Curry brand, they sent a few over from his newer line. Um, so that was super, super exciting to be able to have. But yeah, when, and it was interesting because those were sent over after they were able to have the brand, like once the, it was public, it was made public that um, the extension would happen with Under Armour and then the new role in which he would all also take and then the ownership and the equity. Once that was announced, ink was dry and everything, they were able to move forward. I think it's a lot of different like medial things on the back end. Um, and so I was super grateful once that happened to be able to receive the pairs. And I think that is continuing to set 
players up to understand. And I think it's more important than ever because we have young players that are able to earn immense amounts of money when they're in high school. You know, you can get an yes. NIL deal when you're in high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are likely looking to the parents to be the stewards of this income. Because let's be real, we all know no one's brain is formed fully until they're 25 years old. So we're not trusting a 16, 17, 18. We're not even trusting a 21 year old, okay, when they're graduating college to be able to manage all of this as they're entering the league and they're getting yeah. big deals yeah. for the for who they are and what they're going to bring to the market. So you're hoping that their parents understand to ask for equity beyond just what their kid will do because that's what you know that's what Dolores Jordan wanted the brand to understand. This is what I know my son will do for you. And in all of that, this is how I know exactly what he's worth. And she pretty much, you know, called their bluff on you and I both know what my son is capable of. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting here begging and pleading to be able to get a meeting with him. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. knowing that, go ahead and and fully make that bet, you know, and that and we want that Mm -hmm. investment uh, to be there for him. So I think it's super important and i think you know jordan again he did set that precedence you have curry that's doing the same we see lifetime deals that have been made with lebron Mm -hmm. and with kd and i think those are monumental as well because look at everything that they've given i mean at this point we're ready to see the retros of the kds and different lines that he's already put out and so it's important and i think younger younger athletes are starting to understand that when they go to sign with under armor when they go to sign with puma some of these younger players are signing with these because they don't have to wait behind some of the veteran athletes they can move into getting their own shoes depending on how marketable they are look at Lamelo; he's extremely marketable puma was so smart to snatch him up he has fun yep. colorways but they the need to do something are, about are, are, those shoes on his feet with those ankles like <laughs> I, you know like i mean yeah they, they have to figure that out he you know he has to look at what steph did and figure that out like um because like his first few years he had those ankles issues and then look at how he took control of, of of the shoe that he was wearing and you know in whatever he needs to do with Puma do it because that something's not right there but or maybe not maybe it's just the way whatever it's just that yeah back to back question to for you stuff. question for you something you brought up that you mentioned and use this word quite a bit and I like it, but I want to get, I would love for you to dive deeper into it. Um, and that's the word about responsible and responsibility. Mm-hmm. As you talk about brands, you were mentioning that you're really focused on brands that are acting in a responsible way. Can you talk a little bit about what do you, what does that mean to you for a brand to be responsible? What are some of the things that you would expect to see I know it. They might think is responsible, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is significantly um, different than what the consumer thinks is responsible. So I would love to hear is, how you think about that. So that can probably come from two different perspectives, right? So I think there's responsibility and accountability in terms of the resources a consumer is pouring into the brand mm-hmm. versus what you're also looking to get out of it. So like I had to have this hard uh pretty come to jesus moment with myself uh you know when it came to you're pouring x amount in right feeding into their bottom line when you buy a new drop right a new release comes out you're looking at the release calendar you're buying into it awesome the shoe goes on your foot and you enjoy it and you wear it and i'm sure the story can speak to you you may very well even be supporting you know a designer you really care about there's a new black designer you know that they they are really promoting and they're putting Mm -hmm. out there which is great however is that also adding to your bottom line? And so I had to start taking responsibility for my own uh, bottom line and future growth. And so I actively invest into the actual brands that are already getting my money on a consistent basis. So from that perspective as a consumer, I think I have to also be responsible for my own bottom line. That means not overspending, you know, not spending beyond my means just because I like a shoe and because they've done their job. Their job is to market to me and to entice me to buy my job is to still spend below my means so i have something else to put aside <laughs> for saving and investing that's not always in their best interest that's in mine but that's what i have to be accountable for at the end of the day right. and so i think in being a responsible consumer it's not only trying to 
sensibly consume what it is that I'm passionate about, but also investing in those companies. Because no matter what, guess what? There's millions of people like me chasing these drops, which was why they continue to go up in value every single year or why Nike has the market share that they do. But they're also the best marketing company in the world. So that's partly why they have that. Um, so from being responsible in that way, that's how I think um, I as myself and other consumers, I would hope start to look at it. You know, do you actually own Nike? That's what that was a question I had to ask myself. Like, yeah, you have you own sneakers, but do you actually own any state nice. within Nike? These shoes crumble. Compound interest is an amazing thing 10, 20, 30 years from now. I too would like to benefit from all of the innovation and the changes and the market share they will continue to capture, you know, as time goes on. And like they get people to buy into the entire lifestyle of Jordan and Nike from when we're little until when we're grown, right? You're like a, a Jordan mm -hmm. kid, you become a Jordan woman. They're expanding that. They're trying to capture the women's market, which is super smart on their part. Um, now brands being responsible, mm -hmm. I think when you look at what Jordan is doing and Nike, cause they just announced, right? When you have they're, them trying to tap into these different collectives to be on the ground within communities in different ways. And as a brand, I don't know if it's that we don't necessarily trust them, but it's like the representation of the person that has already been doing it long before there was maybe a check attached to it. And so when you look at the Jordan brand collective they have for women for North America this year, it's women from all different facets of life, of different interests, of different mm -hmm. passions, of different ways they're elevating their communities. And I think it's important, especially when we're talking about young girls, right, especially in the male dominated industry to, you know, when you see somebody that looks like you, um, that was uh, a new line that Asia Wilson has for a promotion that she just put out with Nike about, you know, I believe it was like, if I can see her, then I can be her. And so I think the responsible thing that these brands are starting to do is to tap into the people that are already doing work on the ground and say, what is it you need from us? What are the resources we can provide? Uh, we see that with Nike and with Vanessa Bryant and her looking to open up basketball as you know, an outlet as a tool of teaching, as a tool of confidence, uh, the game has done so much. And she's always speaking on what the game brought to her husband and to their family. And so now she's doing that by, you know, opening up these courts, making sure that, you know, camps are available, access is available. And mm -hmm. so as brands continue to, I think, show they are actually about what they say they want to do in terms of community work and bringing them up, um, I think that's really important. So, you know, we can see that the brand tend to be really loud about that because they understand that's really good PR for them. But I think when, when I see it done on different scales and not just in the bigger markets, but in the smaller markets, I think that's important. Solid, solid. That is, that's, yeah, that's amazing. And when you, one of the things I, I was curious about when you look at, okay, Sonny Vaccaro, right? Like he was, on the ground, you know, with the Nike, with with Jordan, the Jordan deal. And then he goes off and he leads Adidas, right? Um, you know, Robert Strassen leaves um, Nike, you know, so you had, you know, Nike being that incubator for also talent with other, um, other companies. So when you think about I want to talk about Adidas and some of their decision making. Um, like they all, you know, MJ was all Adidas. He wanted Adidas. There was no question. It's just, you know, Nike gave them an offer they couldn't refuse, right? Then you have, um, they had Kobe at one, at one point and, and lost Kobe. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about um, Adidas and their foothold in the sh in the shoe market in the sneaker market today so they still have it i i think there's a very illogical take that a lot of people have on adidas versus nike uh, i just laughed the other day because no one talks about nike stock dropping right now below the cost of what a nike dunk is uh but they love mm. to point out they love mm. to point out that adidas is failing and they're gonna be bankrupt without you oh, no they, they're like, not failing and, and, I, and i'm like their stock was 55 dollars when they dropped kanye and it's over 80 dollars right now so make it make sense the math isn't mathing 
about them struggling. That's a good point. With, with, with without him, like I know, I can see in my portfolio. I'll take the gain from Adidas. Nike right now is what's actually causing it to drop from day to day because their stock is not doing well right now. They are on the decline. That's part of their them being linked to Foot Locker and them not having really good earnings um, in their recent reporting. But I think in terms of Adidas, they people forget that they are a global brand and they were before they had a respectable presence within the u.s so nike was the young kid that didn't come around until 1971 really when you look at what they had already built for adidas since the 1940s mm -hmm. and them having the foothold they have within what we call it soccer of course but in the global sport of football itself yes that is far bigger i think yes. than most americans want to grasp and take in yes. and oh well adidas models are just sitting here and i'm like can we think beyond just hype the soccer the market is insane that soccer you, market i'm like the do you understand yeah. the deals that they make that you hear an nba player sign for is nothing in comparison to what a soccer player will sign for yeah, yeah overseas right. for like that's less right. less time on the contract at that so yeah. i i i respect adidas for the fact regardless of all the chatter and the noise they still know who they are and they understand their bread and butter is just not within the north america region they're always going to yeah. try to fight for that because this is the cool club right like everybody wants to be in the yeah. cool club and once you've had run dmc uh uh be the face of everything i get it you want to continue to never lose that coolness i totally get it and respect it but adidas will always have soccer they have tapped into other sports as well because even when you look at Aaron Judge when it signed with Adidas, he didn't go sign with Nike, right? He didn't sign yeah. with New Balance for baseball. He signed with Adidas. So they still have the ability to get people. I think people that are within streetwear and sneakers understand they give their designers more freedom as well. And so you may see there's always this revolving door of designers will leave Nike and they'll come over to Adidas. And people have always yeah. wondered like, man, Nike, how did you lose everyone all the time now i think there's just different elements of control there and yeah. so i think adidas understands we can be the more laissez-faire uh, parent in the situation when it comes to having a designer come over versus i think nike has always been a little bit more stringent they, they've had a stronger tight hold on these are the design elements will allow you to change and colorway and whatever it may be versus i think adidas right. just gives a little bit more openness to the right. storytelling mm -hmm. and being able to alter some of their models what they'll allow you to go into in terms of yeah. the archives i mean we're seeing that with jerry lorenzo having his line come out for fear guy athletics um they have you know they've tapped into the global market for music in terms of bad bunny and i mean he is a global sensation and so for them i think they have to continue to capture the younger market and that's not always easy because the younger market a lot of times is chasing hype but they're still able to deliver to the people that have always stuck with them right the people through the 80s and the 90s the adidas originals those that's are still people yeah. can talk yeah. all they want to yeah. the pairs that yeah. actually keep these brands afloat they're not hype pairs they are the sambas they're the forums they're the shoes that are available every single day for mom and dads to go and pick up monday through friday mm -hmm. those are the pairs that are actually keeping them afloat and so Adidas, if they if they, can they do have they do have quite a roster you know it's not like they don't have um solid players on a roster on the hoop side and they are prominent in the soccer space so i i definitely get it you know, I definitely get what you're saying, and I regret not purchasing the damn stock. When, when, when. You know, people, I think people, you know, when, when you look at what MJ was able to do, because that, that was what, you know, I believe Nike, what did, what did they say? You mm -hmm. know, they wanted, they wanted to focus on speaking to the individual but marketing to the masses and him being more than just you know it being more than just the shoe like he mm -hmm. was supposed to transcend the shoe which mj did so much to the point the retros aren't about you being on the court necessarily in them think about it most retros that are nobody plays in them anymore they're worn off the court. Now you will have- No, they're off the court wear. They yeah. will still wear yeah. them, but a lot of what people chase for retros, they're worn off the court. And so they've mm -hmm. done such a good job that they've almost shifted all of the focus to lifestyle. 
versus it being looked at as performance. And so I think that will always be a thing where Adidas tries to have that balance of both, right? They want to stay within performance because they understand most of what they're doing. It really still is in, in performance. When you look at ultra boost and running and soccer, mm -hmm. a lot of what mm -hmm. they do is in performance. They are, they just seem to, I think to a lot of people publicly lose credibility in terms of lifestyle. I don't think it's lost there. I just think if people have become so bought into, oh, I need to chase a Nike Dunk. Oh, I need to chase a Jordan One. It's just mm -hmm. like, you know, expand your horizons a little bit. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I was I was once there too, thinking that was all that was necessary. And there's there's just a lot more out there. There's certainly more out there. there and Adidas, Adidas delivers to me like a basic shoe. I did a whole video on if you look at the value and the quality you get in a forum versus a, a Jordan one. A lot of times the forum is going to deliver on the quality and the value a lot of times. That's it. That's key. Um, Brandon, go ahead before I ask about the other brands. No, I couldn't agree more. Uh, when I think about Adidas, I, it looks like they stay true to their, their audience. They're, they didn't grow up in basketball. Like they grew up in entertainment, like you said. <laughs> b-boys and hip-hop yeah. mm -hmm. yeah yeah so they, they know how to go after music artists they know how to go out they know how to go after street performers i get it uh so it didn't it didn't surprise me that they weren't able to connect the dots emotionally with jordan during that pitch i mean we're talking about 1984 as well at a time when black athletes wasn't even something that we were highlighting anyway yeah. uh, so disconnect there i mean the people that were in the room let alone those that were designing uh, that footwear. So it doesn't surprise me, uh, but I think we'll see more and more brands come up in that same fashion over time. I think that's why you've seen a lot of new lesser brands, what we consider lesser brands coming up. Uh, Puma is coming on strong to me. Like, I feel like Puma has been, you know, I've had, you know, in my head, they've been in a certain category, but lately I've been thinking about I've been checking out some Pumas, like, okay, I'm, you know, like, I'm going to definitely, like, I definitely going to pick up the Brianna, the Stewie 2, her, her second shoe. Um, International brands. I'm going to pick up, um, and they had another, they had another shoe, and actually another brand I wanted to ask you about, uh, besides Puma, New Balance. Um, some of their retro New Balances, I'm, the funny thing is I'm interested in. Listen, uh, do it, do uh, it. I'm, I'm going to be a terrible influence right now. You should do it. I just had a friend message me today. She said, I have my first 9060 on the way. I told her I'm so proud of her. So yes, let's show love to New Balance. But I think it's interesting that people feel like it's the new kid on the block. It is not. Oh, no, no, they no, were, it's they not. Were, they were, not. They were right. around since 1906. And yep. I always I always say, I, you know, we have to apologize to the DMV area. Uh, we got to apologize to all of Baltimore because they already knew what it was in terms of New Balance and what they offered. Like you, you, they always knew within certain regions of the country, New Balance is, is really the go-to. And now I think I, I always say, listen, I'm Sally come lately to the party and that's okay. I have arrived. I am here. I have, I bought just as many New Balances, I think last year as I did a combination of like Nike and Jordan and, and Adidas last year together. So New Balance delivers on comfort. They deliver on quality. They delivered on the storytelling. As soon as you hit any of their collabs, I mean, when you look at what Joe Fresh Goods has done, um, mm -hmm. he's brought along some stories and you're just like, wow. Uh, can I get, you know, absolutely more of that? And, and now it really is this race, this collection for the black stories that he's telling for us, by us. And the freedom that New Balance allows him to do with it, I absolutely love. So New Balance, they have a really rich archive, just like Adidas and just like Nike. And I think they figured out how to modernize their older models um, to give them modern appeal right now. And they still stay true to themselves, though. We still have Grey Day. We still celebrate Grey Day. And you still have the Made in USA pairs. And New Balance, they, you know, they've always been the brand. They were the first one to put out a shoe that cost $100. And, you know, back then when they did it, it was like, oh, my God, how could you charge this for a shoe? Meanwhile, today in 2023, $100 is like a bargain right. for you to be able to pay for a quality shoe 
you wish you could only pay a hundred dollars but i love what new balance is doing um the the one thing i would i would want from them more is for them to expand and really hone in on uh, i i think like having some some marquee athletes for women's basketball i think that is something that they are lacking in and and they already know this because i have told this to one of their product line managers for basketball that i would love for them to have that within their arsenal because like right now if you were to ask me what are some players for women that are signed to adidas and that are signed to puma and that are signed to uh uh nike oh i can name those for women's basketball i i can't for new balance and i think that's something that they're missing right we understand Kawhi, and we can name some of the men's players Players, but they have to understand the women's market is still wide open. Yeah. There's a re- there's a reason that these brands have like five year plans to try and capture the women's market because they understand that's still the highest you know uh, paying consumer base. And so if you can buy in and you can get women to really tap in and feel that emotional connection with you, then that's something you can continue to pretty much uh, gain revenue from. And so I just think New Balance has to step up heavy within that area. We've seen Adidas do that. Like I'm, I'm looking at Under Armour right now. Like how did you let Aaliyah and Zaya slip away when you were in Under Armour school, in South Carolina? Yes, yes. I, I, you know, yes. I, I don't, I don't understand it, Under Armour. I applaud it. I mean, they wanted though. Kelsey. How long has Kelsey been with uh, Under Armour? So Arm? Kelsey just, she just signed within, I feel like the last maybe 12 months, like maybe in the last calendar mm-hmm. year that it was announced. So in my humble opinion to Under Armour, baby, you got to fast track the Kelsey Plum shoot now <laughs> yeah. because you, yeah. didn't, you didn't get Aaliyah, you didn't get Zaya. Adidas was smart in that we we maybe get what one to two more years out of Candace Parker and then she's going to move on to TNT and just do commentary. So you have to have the next face to carry the torch. Yeah, yeah. Beyond yep. Candace, so they already have it. You have a lead. Listen, you you have you have a you have a forward and a guard on your roster. You are perfectly ready to be able to transition them, and they have other great athletes that are on there already mm-hmm. now. But you have the new face. You you have yep. old school and you have new school there. So now it's like Under Armour lean into Kelsey just as these other brands have. Well, I feel like they took too long. But Under Armour, don't take as long to lean into Kelsey Plum. Get a Plum One. Well, I don't know if they can call it a Plum One because she's married, but whatever. Get a Plum One. one better be out first. Get a Plum One out here. You know what? We may need Under Armour to, to, to light a fire under Nike and just leak that like we're working on the Plum One just so we can get it because I, I I broke down to somebody uh, in media the 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 despair the disparity and the discrepancy of if you look at the last three women that have signature shoes and you know more of them are with Nike than with anybody else you have Stu's that's with Puma you have Elena she has her shoe and then you have Sabrina is the most recent one yeah. but then you also have Candace with Adidas and so when you look at the resumes of these women. We have championships won in 2019 and then in 2018 and we have Olympic rings and we have MVPs and we have six all-star appearances. And then I got to Sabrina, no offense to her. And I said, where's the comparison? Because we're not, college doesn't count. And you actually didn't win in college. Asia won in college, Asia won in the league. Asia yeah. got defensive player of the year. Right. She is a two-time. Asia MVP. is marketable. She's been She's an marketable. Yeah. She yep. has a she has a statue before she has a shoe. Make yep. it make sense. Yeah. Right. And right. she's marketable. And she's marketable to me. You look at Asia, like I know Nike, I know Asia announced today the think tank for women. Yeah. Um, which I was like, okay, Nike. Um, but I you know, I was hoping that was the other announcement. You know what I mean? Like my shoe is coming. But hopefully that's in, you know, development and that's in process. I wanted to ask real quick, how do you feel about the Chinese brands? Do you do you think it's, you know, like at any point, are we going to see them over here? Um, and how do you feel about them penetrating the, the basketball sneaker market worldwide? I think I think it still just depends on what what players they're utilizing to try to penetrate the market and i think part of the the difficulty there is they 
they have players that are big names, right? Like you have like a Clay, you have big players that are big names, but is that being marketed to where all size ranges, you know, can have easy access to the shoes all the time? Not necessarily, right? And so I think they are still limiting themselves sometimes maybe by how accessible they're making their product, uh, the marketing that's done, because you don't see an Anta marketed as much as you will on your timeline, right? As every other brand. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. until they can start to get in front of other people's eyes, I think they're always still going to be thought of as the back burner um, brands for the younger athletes that may not want to wait in line and wait their turn with a Nike mm -hmm. or a Puma or an Adidas. Then yeah, they'll go they'll go over to the the Chinese brands or. Um, you know, maybe they'll establish themselves like like Dwayne Wade and, and be able to have their own pair. So I, I think there's still the there's still being going to be considered at least for me the smaller market, uh, the smaller market options. And I think we're talking not. I'm trying to think. Do I? I don't know. Are I'm trying to think. Are there women that are signed to them? And I can't personally off the top of my head name it. I can't name. I mean, it. I've only I've only known of two altogether, and that's been Dwayne Wade and Clay Thompson. But I wasn't even sure. Many um, other I feel like didn't 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 uh, didn't Anthony Rees wasn't there an announcement that he would have a shoe? I think. What about Jimmy Butler? Is he gonna have leading, one? Leading up to the playoffs, they. I, I like Jimmy, but I don't follow him enough in terms of the whole shoe thing. Uh, I like him, but I, I, won't, I won't lie. When, when it comes to the men, I don't follow these men around like I do the women. Like in terms yeah. of trying to keep up with all of them, I don't. With the women, I do because we only have like tw 12, 13, 12 yeah. players yeah. Uh, that, that have shoes. So I think we're just honed in a little bit more when the next woman has a pair mm -hmm. uh, announced versus the men. So for me, I think for the women, you know, next steps, Nike, stop playing. Fast Track Asia's pair. I, I, I Listen, I love her being the face for the PEs, for all of the Unity pairs. I'm not buying a Unity pair. No offense to Nike, okay? Mm -hmm. I will just wait mm -hmm. until Asia has her own actual pair, and then I will buy that. Uh, when it comes to Kelsey Plum, Under Armour, do what you got to do. You got Steph, you got Kelsey. You have the face of guards that you need on this roster to be able mm -hmm. to, to, to make it happen. And, you know, Puma has Stewie. So I think continuing to expand the rosters as well as they have these players come up. You know, when a player, especially women's basketball, has proven themselves, make it so young girls can go in and ask for that player's shoe that looks like them. You know, like we already mm -hmm. struggle. We already struggle when it comes to Curry's always being available in every market and being available in smaller markets. Like that was an issue we dealt with. Um, when I used to work at Kids Foot Locker, like part time, like you would have kids come in and they want curries, but depending on the market you're in, you don't always have the curries in smaller sizes available, right? So a kid comes in and they just want to play like curry and they're like coming in to get curries and they don't have it. So the kids being able to look at a, a wall for basketball and have all of the options available, whether it's a curry, it's a, it's a mellow, it's a KD, it's a Trey Young. Um, I think they have to continue to make them accessible to the younger kids, but I think more importantly, I forgot who said it, but you want to be able to have a wall where a young kid, boy, girl, doesn't matter. They can come in and see a Sabrina one. They can see an Asia one. They can see any of these signature pairs and be able to pick and choose. And, you know, it doesn't have to be like I, I would love listen, to see a full men's team. Uh, I am hoping we see like a full men's team, you know, for college and Sabrina ones. I think that'll be fire. I think that would be awesome. So mm -hmm. I'm, I, I want to be able to see me personally. I like the design of the Sabrina one more than I do the job one. I really do. Um, I like the colorways that Sabrina selected. I think they are really easy to cross over into lifestyle for like an athleisure look. So to me, that was spot on by the marketing team there when they were designing. Uh, the one thing I am going to be watching for though, are they going to give her the same rollout that they gave John Morant shoe at All-Star? Yeah. Because All -Star he, had a, yeah. he had a whole yeah. Yeah, they built that whole statue. Were, that whole shoes were sliding statue. down. Yeah. They were sliding down ice and everything. And I'm like, so what are y'all yeah. gonna give Sabrina? I expect a yeah. whole. I expect yeah. a rollout. I expect a lot of extraness for her having this shoe. So if we don't get it, I just need somebody to make a lot of noise when the yeah. shoe finally drops this summer. Because uh, I just feel like, listen, she 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 deserves that as well. I understand. I wouldn't have put her 
above Asia getting a pair, but she's here. Give her the respect. Go up for her. Give her the marketing that a women's shoe deserves that looks to be really well designed. And then continue to, to, to push that forward to the next woman. That's fair. My question for you, uh, role play. You have a daughter, uh, elite athlete in, let's say, college or coming out of high school, or you're mentoring some some young girls and they have an opportunity to uh, explore getting a deal or getting a shoe. What do you say? How do you go about this? I know everybody attracts to, just like in the Jordan air, he only wanted Adidas. That's the only people I want to talk to. All right, yeah. fine. I'll talk to Converse. Fine. I'll talk to Nike. How are you coaching up some of these young girls that might have an opportunity to get a shoe deal? What do you say and what kind of options do you have them explore? Uh, so to me, I think it would be important for them to go where they feel they will have real input in the message they want to send across to in their shoe and the storytelling. Sometimes you, you it may be a situation where you're the face of PEs for a while. But is that necessarily that's not your story? That's someone else's design with a colorway you selected. So if you telling your story is important in the legacy you want to leave have that real discussion with brands what is the reality of me being able to tell my story and use my voice um for a shoe and what is the timeline for that is it one year is it three years is it five years you know be honest with them about the timeline and then i think what brand is showing you how much they're invested in you <clears throat> by giving you equity and I think explaining to them the importance of the, the value of that future dollar versus today. So this will not be the only brand deal that you have, right? You will have other sponsorships to supplement the money that you're not taking up front to be set when you are done. If you're looking to be a pro athlete, you have a very short professional window. <laughs> you know, I, I I understand that Diana Taurasi is making it look as if you can play forever. I get it. Yeah. She is making it yeah. look as if you can have the, the, the 20 year careers. And, you know, we've been really lucky to have a DT and look at a Kobe and look at a LeBron. Like, I get it. We're really spoiled to see some of these great athletes just continue to play on and play on. And we're lucky for that. They've taken care of themselves, their bodies to be able to do that. But we have to look at what is the average span of what you're going to be able to do before your body does start to break down from playing so much physically and you want to be set you don't want to be a broke starving ex-athlete who is struggling to get by and so taking that reasonable amount up front that's still paying you your marketable worth but are they going to offer you you know ownership and i've seen i did a video funny enough on this before where um a, po a sneaker publication did a post and that it was like hey would you take like every you know access to every nike and every jordan but I think that was it, and maybe like a small amount of money. And then it was like you had access to every New Balance, but you know you had X amount, you had far more. And then I think it might have been like Puma, but you had actual stock or ownership or equity in it. And to me, the easy thought in my head: listen, just give me the just give me the brand deal. It's going to give me the equity. I want the ownership because me doing well on my own, if that's all we're basing it on, I could have very down years. I could get injured. This brand is still going to prosper whether I'm doing okay or not. So I want to be able to continue to do well down the road. I want that residual mm -hmm. income. And I would want a young adult to have the the bigger picture perspective to understand right. that beyond just today. Like I understand it's flashy, it's great. I want to be in every Nike. I want to be in every Jordan. I want to be in every collab. I get it, right? Because Luca has his own shoe and Luca is in every single Jordan and every tunnel walk. I totally get it and respect it. Mm -hmm. But if you were to tell me, and you really can't do this with New Balance likely because they're a family-owned brand and they're private, they're not public. But let's just say, for example, you can go and get a, a product line with New Balance, but they're also going to give you equity. Give me that. Because down the line, when I'm ready to be done, I'm good. And when you take a look at the players that are able to have a business mindset while they're still playing, they're mm -hmm. fine once they retire. And you don't see them stressing. They, they've already yeah. established themselves. And so I would really hope a young adult would, would look to a brand that's going to allow them to authentically tell their story their way. Mm -hmm. And then they care about you. They show they're vested in you enough to allow you uh, to be vested with them. Yeah. So if that means Ling Ming is Listen, if that's what on the it, table. 
if answer is going to come to you and say we'll give you a product facts. line but we're also going to give you 10 percent, baby sign me to Be- answer today <laughs> facts thank you for saying basically that. Thank you. basically thank you get your bag get your bag because i remember you know when you see um and, and i'm not sure what's happening with like the the legal issues that the young player mikey williams i got himself caught up in but i remember when he signed with puma you know i thought i'm sure you have some young kids that are like why why would you sign with puma why wouldn't you sign with nike why wouldn't you sign with jordan you know for nil deal and i thought about it and i was like you know what puma probably threw him a bag and he understood go where the money is okay go where yeah. the money is yeah go yeah. where they have no problem providing yeah. you with 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 product likely you'll get a fat you'll get a fast track in terms of a shoe deal down the line if that's what you want but yeah. it made sense to me um again he's another young star where i'm hoping he keeps his head on straight to be able to you know go far in his career and not jeopardize it or sabotage it before it really gets started but because i think he really showed that he understood like the business side of it and and and, and taking that puma deal um and being a young star for them like when i think of you know you think of like oh what stars does puma have i mean they they are already starting young and one of the most watched players in high school uh in terms of him so i think that part was was smart and hopefully young kids continue to look at that i agree and malika that answers your question that you asked about (laughs) relationships the relationship a brand will have with one player significantly different than that relationship they'll have with another player if sonny vaccaro isn't involved with the next player he doesn't get that deal. And we see that with GMs and things, right? Like how yeah. often mm-hmm. do you do GMs smooth over mm-hmm. things and players will stay and yeah. they'll deal with certain parts of their contract they may not like as much because the relationship of that individual is there. And listen, a lot mm-hmm. of us tolerate a lot of things because of the good person maybe on the other end um, mm-hmm. that that we're happy to still be connected to. And so relationships are everything. Listen, you can make them or break them within two seconds, uh, within within not only in sports, but, you know, within sneakers, you really can do that. So I think it's understanding um, what they see in you, what you're both looking to gain from each other and, and doing it in a respectful manner. And it's OK. Like you said, Dolores Jordan respectfully demanded her son's work. She wasn't I didn't you know, I didn't think mm-hmm. she was being pushy or an a-hole or anything about it. But she understood if I don't sit here and fight for my son, no one else will. That's going to be on you as mm-hmm. an individual. Mm-hmm. And I think she understood that as a black mom, I'm always going to have to fight a little bit more for my son to not be uh, to not have the market gain at his expense you know the entire way through and so yes he's going to do a whole lot he's going to sacrifice his whole body for all of you to see gain in the market he's not walking away with with absolutely nothing but the money he makes today and so like over a five-year time span he's made like 19 billion dollars so he's He's got it, you know. He he he. Mm-hmm. Mom put him. Mom set him up for success. Well, his portion think, of it is, you know, like you know, the, all the money he makes tonight. At least he's getting something. Like he's probably what two hundred and fifty million or something crazy like that. Think about it. Jordan retired. Uh, what, it, uh, well, it's it's more than that a year. <laughs> it's more. He than gets four hundred. He gets like four hundred. I think. It's, it's like that's crazy. I thought it was. I, I you know when they report Forbes, it's always less than that. When they do the updated for the year, it's always like two fifty. But four hundred. Hey, I did see that at the end of the movie. We're winding down. I just have a few more questions. I will be remiss if I did not ask you about Reebok. Uh, <laughs> with them being owned by Shaq, you know what? You know, and they still have, of course. AI attached to that brand. Like what is what advice would you give Shaq in terms of relaunching and building Reebok? Um, what would you tell him? Right now they're still it feels like they're still riding the nostalgia of AI. Which I get it because I grew up in that era where you wanted to play, listen, the braids, I had the finger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had the finger wrap like he did. I had the wristbands. I had all of that. Matter of fact, I have an AI shirt and AIs is here. So I get it, but it's that feels like they're the brand always living in the past, just re-releasing different AIs. So they have to find a way to tap into the newer market. But I think Reebok would probably benefit of trying to go 
in the direction of a women's market in the women's market but for them to do that they need to make sure that they have women at the table and they're actually tapping them for um ideas so listen it may behoove them to head back to jazzery allen lord i actually have her collaboration that she did with him and you know figure out how to pivot because it does feel like they're just kind of stuck with some of the models that they have and i understand like they have cardi and different things but that's not enough i don't think or it doesn't feel like it's enough for them to contend the way they should contend because when we think back to the 90s and 2000s at least when i was playing growing up there was a mix of, of shoes on the court and a lot of them were ais yeah you know like like a lot of them were i wore ais casually i wore them on the court um, I had the entire line, but when you think about it, that's just where they stopped. And not only where they stopped, they didn't evolve past that. So when you look at Jordan now, he's not playing anymore, but they've still evolved that style to grow as everything else has grown with the times. And I don't think Reebok has done that. So they have a really good business head leading them. I mean, like Shaq is one of the, the most like sound when it comes to business deals and, and the ownership that he has. So. Uh, I just think maybe he has to tap like the right, the next right creative lead, maybe for uh, Adidas to direct them in a better direction. Do you have a, you know, you want to ask something and then I'll close out with our top five. Um, no, top five. Let's go with your top five um, sneakers today and your top five all time. Oh, to like what I'm like. like what like, what are must buys when looking at this? Looking at the summer, we can even do it as, you know what, what are your top five, you know, like in terms of including what's coming out this summer um, for right now, not just what's out, not just what you have in your collection right now, but in terms of new new styles, like what should we be looking for um, in terms of what you like and then your top five all time? Uh, ooh. So in terms of... So I try to shy away from the must-have term only because it gets thrown around so much in sneakers and it, it starts to drift into this lane of, play, of people really thinking that they have to have these pairs to be considered into sneakers or a sneakerhead. I don't think any pair is honestly a must-have because I can love something and you hate it and it doesn't take anything away from that pair. But if we're talking about in the summer, like pairs to have or pairs I will personally throw on, um, for me, having a New Balance pair in the collection, so that can be uh, models that are easily available right now. It can be a 2002R. They have a lot of iterations, especially in the refined future um, product line. You could pick up a 1906. You can pick up um, a 9060. I think it's like the perfect mix of, of chunky and modern that gives you something if you have a predominantly for me if i have a predominantly white retro pair like a jordan 3 um i'm super happy so like i have the jordan 3 the reimagined white cement which will likely get a lot of burn this summer um so new balance retro jordan 3 i'm somebody that still likes an air max of some sort so an air max one an air max 97 they have the 97 michigan coming out I'm really hoping that's in smaller sizes, but if you are a U of M fan, um, you can opt for that. I think it comes out June. Actually, yeah, I think June. The Air Max 97 comes out. So an AM 97 or any of the Air Max lines, quite honestly. If you're somebody that just wants a lot of comfort, uh, you can go with the Vapor Max. You can go with, I have the Structure 91 up here. So you can go like very retro. But having a Air, something in the Air Max line is nice. I always love having a Vans pair to easily throw on. Like, honestly, because I don't care and I'll beat it up and it doesn't matter. So the slip-ons, the authentics, the old schools. <laughs> I, ha I still have a whole three rows of vans that are up here. Um, and vans, they do really cool collabs as well. And you don't have to sit there and fight people for them all the time. So mm. I think having a vans pair is super nice. And then, I mean, I have collabs, but I'm not going to lie. I'm the person that trying to think what else is going to get a lot of burn this summer because half of my collection is split up between my closet and like out there the rest of the house um, is shoes got it it's, 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 it's <laughs> the, re the, the rest is oh yeah it's definitely shoes um it's definitely shoes and then i will actually say 
for me personally, if you have uh, a subtle, I like a subtle but flashier collab. Um, so like I like the forums, like the Adidas, the Bad Bunny, um, either the Campus or the forums. I like throwing those on because it's neutral. So throwing on a neutral, low key shoe that it, people will probably consider it a light flex, sure. But being able to throw uh, that on, so I like a lot of cream or earth tones. Um, okay. So that's really my vibe. So throwing on any of those this summer will be in heavy in my rotation. Um, please always just figure out whatever speaks to you and your style because what I like, I understand fully. Not everyone will be for it, and that is okay. <laughs> I don't take it personal ever. Um, and people are just not not up for for my style. Some people I know will only wear all Jordan ones, and, and that's great. My rotation at any given point has gone from uh, a, a Fear of God skid grip. It's gone uh, Fear of God like skid grip converse. I may throw on a Fear of God one which those are like more special occasions that I throw those on. But I may then throw on an Air Max. I may throw on a slip on Vans. I may throw on the Jordan 4. I may throw on a New Balance 9060. So my weekly rotation, if I'm actually leaving the house because I work from home, can bounce all over the place. So uh, having the variety is nice. Now, top five of all time. Goodness, that is really difficult. Um, as of right now, put it like this. As you think about it right now, um, because that can change by the day. Like sometimes oh, by top five, I, I rearrange the position of certain players. So does. your top five today, as of right now. Um, I mean, are we? Does colorway need to be involved, or is this just model, nah, or is this just you. Well? all you? You can just do this silhouette. Just the just the. It can just be silhouettes. Okay. The color. So let's go. Some of these will have. Some of these will be a. Color it don't have to be in order either. This five. I will say that some of them. Some of them will have a colorway attached to it. So the Nike Air Max One OG Red and White, just because it's so prolific for me. Um, Air Jordan One and the colorway can definitely vary. Um, Air Jordan One High, the colorway can vary depending on just what mood I am in um, at that moment. I would say. Fear of God one, one of the best silhouettes ever created, and it can be any of the colorways. I'm on a hunt for them right now. It's just that they're rather expensive, and I don't appreciate that. Um, so that's three. I would actually throw in. I'm gonna say the New Balance 990 line, although the version bounce around so the versions can bounce around between three four and five of what is really taking it mm -hmm. at the moment for me um especially since i just got a four so i'm loving on the four a little bit more than i have the five i have right now and then i would round out this is so hard for her look at it her is. it is yeah it is. It is. it's like picking your it's favorite like yeah my mom's the only child, so she, I'm the only child. Yeah. My mom never had to worry about this, though. It's like a midterm exam. It's like a midterm yeah. exam. <laughs> midterms were midterms were easy. Yeah. Midterms were easy. Midterms were memorization. Um. And right now, I'm not gonna lie. So right now, like my my favorites, I was gonna say a Nike SB Dunk Low because I do love. Them. You know what? Actually. <sighs> <laughs> we'll throw that in there. I feel bad okay. leaving the. I feel bad leaving like my Adidas forums or even this campus out. But when I think about the archive of Nike SBs that I still have on wish list every single day, I'm gonna go ahead and throw them up there. So those are my five for right now in terms of models. I gave you some colorways. Um, it is very difficult because trust me, that'll probably change within like. Yeah, it would change. A month. It, oh, it definitely, it definitely changes within the month. Like once you finally get your hands on a colorway you've wanted, or like for me, falling in love with, um, falling in love with like original style. So like once I ended up getting a few of the Form eighty four highs, which is funny because that was the those were the models that Jordan played in all the time. When you get that in your hand, you see the quality of it. I remember like I just started like hunting them down. So I think I have three pairs of those now. Uh, but yeah, so that's where that's where I would stand today. If you were to ask me this question, like end of June, end of July is probably going to be very different. 
No, I appreciate your time. You gave us two episodes and the knowledge. And we'll have you back to talk more about sneaker industry. Like, I'm looking at Brand's head, and I'm sure he has more questions. Oh, I'm writing them down. I, I'm writing them down. <laughs> oh, okay. So we, we you yeah. know, you will have to come back. But I appreciate you for your time tonight. Um, enjoy. And just hang on for a second. And... Um, Brandon, um, anything you want to say as we just as we uh, as we? No, I appreciate you coming. Like I love someone that can speak style, that can speak from a consumer side of the side of the fence, as well as business and the numbers. Uh, and I love that word responsibility. So that's something that I'm taking away. Uh, so I appreciate you coming, sharing what you got. So, and I will be. Yeah, I'll be checking out your list. Yeah, I will. <laughs> listen, I appreciate you guys. Yeah, no, listen, I appreciate you for, for having me on. I know Malika always dives deeper into the history um, of the sport of basketball, which is always nice. I'm listening. Because I think it makes, makes us appreciate more of, uh, of what we have today from the game. And I think that is one thing we usually take away or why we appreciate Miles coming back for sneakers, right? Because we appreciate what it was then. We really love what we've come to now. So we're like, can we just get the best of both worlds <laughs> and all at once, which we're definitely able to do. And so you guys know, you can always ask me to come back on. Uh, basketball and, and kicks will always intertwine together. So it's a it's an endless conversation. Thank you. And definitely we do that. Are, and we are out.